0: We are Hope Church, Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Royal Grammar School on Guildford High Street, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message.
1: uh, Take your seats. Don't worry, we'll have more time to worship uh, through our singing in a few moments. And kids, I want to invite you to stay with us uh, for a little bit longer. Um, because you're going to hear a little bit about compassion in a few minutes' time. And um, so in this next part of our service, just over the next 10 minutes or so, we're going to share a little bit about who compassion is, what they do, and how Hope Church have uh, made an impact with compassion. And it was about uh, last summer, maybe six months ago or so, I was sitting in a coffee shop having breakfast with this guy called Andy, and just in that first initial meeting with him, I was captivated by his faith, by his passion, by his heart for the lost, for the least in our world and in our community. And it was actually out of that conversation that we decided that over this year, we're going to have these one-off Sundays, today being one of them, where we just focus our attention and our hearts on those who might be less privileged, not just in our society, but in our world. And uh, sitting there, just meeting with him, I I I was really encouraged and also really convicted. And I believe this morning that you might have a similar feeling that I had then. And so what I'd like us to do is to Give a big Hope Church welcome to Andy as he comes and shares for a few minutes while the kids stay in. Let's welcome him up.
2: Thanks very much, Chris. If you're not dead, you're not done. That was good, wasn't it? Did you like that? I like that a lot. I also like that banner over there that says our vision commission. I don't know if that's going to point on there. No, um, Our vision is to see thousands of lives transformed through hundreds of churches in tens of nations. That is quite a vision, isn't it? And it's in line with Compassion. I work for Compassion. We are a holistic uh, child development charity, and we work in over 25 countries around the world with 2.2 million children. I think that actually probably makes us um, the largest discipling uh, organization in the world because we don't just work with them, we disciple children. So that's pretty awesome. And probably around about 400,000 youngsters who are kind of in our leadership older age group bracket as well. So um, it's pretty amazing um, organization to work for. And um, we work with children who... Live under £1.40 a day, that's in extreme poverty situations, uh, right on the, below the breadline really. Um, our, we've got three core values, I know some of you know this because you're uh, uh, supporters already, and we appreciate that very much, but our three core values are Christ, child and church. And we're not, um, we're not para-church, we're pro-church very much. We work church to church. We're Christ-centered, which is why um, we were booted out of India, sadly, because we are very much Christian organization, very proud to be Christian as well, um, and we're child-focused. And we uh, basically what we do is we ask people to say, would you consider sponsoring for £28 a month? And that money basically goes to give the child um, food, medical care, and also school fees and various other things along the way, which a video in a moment will show you much better than I can tell you. Um, but if, if you can consider asking God today and saying, Lord, have I got room in my heart to do this? Then I've actually got some children um, at the back. And there they are. There's one here called Beckham. Quite cool. Um, he's 19. Not spelt the same as David Beckham, but he's 19. So actually in our programs, we support them up to the age of 22. And um, some people say, well, I can't really take on that commitment up to 22, but that would be two-year commitment if you took Beckham on from 19, if you like three years, I should have gone, uh, gone to school here and done maths, shouldn't I? Three years um, from 19 to 22. So you can support them at different ages. So I've got a little video that really sort of encapsulates what we do far better than I can uh, tell you. It's a five-minute video, though, so it's not a short one. Can we handle that nowadays? We're kind of like TikTok, it's over in 10 seconds, isn't it? Well, five minutes, that's forever. That's a film. I don't know if you could play it. Can you play it from the back? That'd be great. Thank you. It's not that one. That'll be good, though. (laughs) That's the short version. Thank you. We did say there's always technical gremlins. Didn't we? Father, we pray this would work. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Should we just show the slides? If it's not going to work, it's okay? What do you want to do? We just put the slides up. That's all right. I love the church. It's so slick, isn't it? Don't you? Okay. So there is a really good video there, um, and it could be that Chris could show you that at, at another time, um, and it tells you about what we do, but a number of you know that already, that actually we, in this church, this is the difference you are making. Now people say the church, you know, kind of like it's boring, untrue, and irrelevant nowadays, especially in school situations um, I used to be a school teacher for a while, and it's kind of Christianity. What? That's a bit kind of outdated, isn't it? But look at the difference this church is making around the world, according to those statistics. So, you've given more than 11,595 hours for children's projects and over 5,000 meals to whole families in Kenya. Um, 60 medical checkups and 24 Bibles have been given out and even in the last 12 months nearly 10,000 pounds has been given to lives in Kenya you are making a difference in real people's lives isn't that fantastic we need to I want to thank you for that for those who are supporters of Compassion Children Um, interestingly we have an opportunity to write to the children. So it's really not just about giving money. It's about discipling children to the ends of the earth. And um, that's an interesting stat there. The children have written 79 letters and you guys have written 44. What? What's happening? Are they good letters? They're cracking letters, Elvin. Yeah. So we've got... We've got an app. I don't know if you know about the app, but the app is so good. I mean, genuinely amazing. It moves it from kind of here's some money to a discipling relationship. Have a look at the app, and you can actually send a quick note, a prayer, an encouragement. Takes you, you know, half the time a half a TikTok video does, all right? So it's just it's really easy to do, and I'd encourage you to do that. Because for the children, those letters mean a lot. They print them off. And uh, in the in the child development centre in Kenya, and they have them there for, and they keep them in files. So it means a a lot when you write to them and encourage them um, in the faith. And people say, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write, but you know, it's okay to just write about your life. And they want to know. You don't have to be overly. Oh, you know, can't say I've been skiing. Why not? It broadens, it's educational. You can, it's okay. Compassion, it's they, They'd International like to hear what you're doing. In your life. The
0: world to um, so, most of your children in, poverty in, uh, that you support Jesus are in primary name.
2: school. So, uh, they're exactly going to be uh, moving on to secondary, well, obviously, in the next few years, and there they are. And and if, you. You have an, if your child with, that you support is not love there, then, then please tell the Chris and, and I'll link them up with the church. Everything we do flows from there. Uh, Compassion, see builds the next relationships, so churches. a real We're encouragement to you. Can you see your child there? Living in poverty. Uh, you can't the see if you can't, can then please tell Chris and say I'll link that child for you to the live church. Live um, in they 23 different countries, but primarily in Kenya,
0: and they want you are really like a genuinely making a
2: difference, and that's the
0: app. Can we do it? Okay,
2: let's go. Sit down.
0: compassion, compassion International, International is working International around the world to release children from, from poverty, poverty in Jesus name but how exactly does it work well come along, come along with me with you, and I will, I will show you, you. to begin Thank with you. we love Jesus we love the church I just and we love children yeah and well, everything you do flows from' might not be a bad idea I'm compassion loving guilt relationships of churches who I mean, talk are already about delay to
2: living in poverty we want this both. It's a big ask, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you what,
0: we're, we're going to leave it there for now, there but I don't know if gonna are going to risk it again. Can I just say, um, just so like like I'm 54,
2: and, I, and for the first time in my life, I'm running the London Marathon this churches. year. Um, so, yeah.
0: Just, yeah. Talk what was I doing? What was I doing What I said yes?
2: Um, um, I'd love you to sponsor a child and today. Honestly, it would make a massive doing. difference. But if you do already we sponsor we a child, maybe resources you don't want to extend your and family. You could to help extend expand your family. So and deepen some of them have the But if not, and you just want to give a one-off donation, that a there'll be a the back. You can scan that, you can donate. It goes to Compassion to encourage me to do the London Marathon. So that would be
0: brilliant. And maybe we get a video going at some point. God bless you. Be back to preachers. A bit, to be, be no
1: let 's do catherine 's going to read from the Bible and if you so we 're going to be in matthew twenty five and if you uh, would like you can turn to it now if you don 't have a Bible on you, then stick your hand in the air and Gavin and d uh, they 'll come and bring you one to right to you in your seats and uh, you can you can turn to matthew twenty five It might be that your hand is in the air because you don't own a Bible. And if that's the case, then you can keep this. You can have it. It will bless you. It will be a free gift to you from us. Um, It will do you good. And uh, there you go. So Matthew 25. We're going to be in verses 31 to the end of the chapter. And uh, Catherine's going to come and read it for us now.
0: When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, then they will answer saying Lord when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you then he will answer them saying truly I say to you as you did not do it to one of the least of these you did not do it for me and these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into the eternal life
2: It's interesting, just before just before that section, there's a couple of parables, stories to illustrate a point, but that's not a parable that we just read. So if you want to know what happens when you die, you've just read it. That's pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? And um, maybe one or two of the things that i'm going to bring out today. may may be difficult, and I just encourage you to take it up with the author rather than me. Shall we pray? Father, we ask that you would help us to hear from heaven and be open to your Holy Spirit now as we consider some of these amazingly deep and eternal truths. Pray, Lord God, that you'd help me to be able to speak only the words that would be uplifting and true, and Lord, that we would have a moment of stillness where we hear from heaven in this amazing church in Guildford, in Jesus' name, amen. So there's a a story of a child, and uh, she's in primary school, and the teacher's given them a chance to do free painting, just like the picture on the screen there, so you can paint whatever you want. So the child starts painting. And um, after a while, the teacher comes over and it doesn't seem to be making any sense what this kind of picture is and says to the child, Well, what, what are you painting? And the child says, God. And the teacher says, Well, nobody knows what God looks like. You can't paint God. And the child says, Well, they will when I've finished. And you know, when society looks at the church, do they see God? Do they, do they see God in us? How well is hope reflecting the priorities of God? Priorities of God are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind and your neighbor as yourself right that's it the whole law encapsulated in those three things interesting god's chronological order there love god first love god the most then love your neighbor as yourself so actually some people say we need to just get ourselves sorted out and we get ourselves fixed up and then we're in a position to love others god's chronology is love him first As you then love others, you'll understand yourself. That's God's order. And actually, as we serve and as we go out, when we're down in the dumps and depressed and sometimes suicidal, of which many people are now, it's as we serve others that we understand who we are. God's priorities, God's order. And how do we do that? Through the gospel. Now, if you've been in church long enough, you'll know the gospel is something that we we regularly use as a term. But we don't always define it. And I'm sure that with Chris here, you know, you've got it nailed, literally. I hope so. But in many churches I go to and I say, well, what is the gospel? And they say, oh, you know, it's John 3.16, isn't it? God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him shall not die and have eternal life. True, but the gospel is about so much more than that. That's why Paul takes 11 chapters of Romans to explain it to Christians and the whole book of Galatians teaching Christians what the gospel is. The gospel is a heralding. In the Roman times, it was when a very important person heralded big news. It's a proclamation. It's very important. And the reason why it's important is because of the passage we've just read here, which is about the final judgment. There is going to be a day. I mean, we said earlier on, if if you're still alive... You know, you're alive to make a difference, right? But there will be a day when you're not going to be alive. 100% of people who live die. That's a stat we can't get away from. And 100% of people who live will stand before God, according to this passage. When the Son of Man comes, not if the Son of Man comes, verse 31, when he comes, In his glory with the angels, there is going to be a glorious throne and he's going to separate people left and right. And this is such a powerful passage because it's going to show us today exactly what will happen when you stand before God. You see, forever is real and eternity is real. And we need to bring it up forefront from time to time and remind us that these events are going to take place. And the gospel is real. There's some amazing news out there. But you know, if you read Galatians, it talks about a distorting of the gospel. And that is what's happening in our country today, in my view. Verse uh, seven, I think it is, in, the, uh, in chapter 1, the distorting of the gospel. And Paul says, I'm astonished you're so quickly leaving behind the gospel that I've taught you in this little church plant that he plants in Galatia. It also talks about, in 2 Corinthians 11, 14, other Jesuses. See, we're in a confused day. That's why Jude says in Jude 3, contend for the faith. We need to contend that word actually means fight hard because it's a difficult day we're in. Make no mistake, I oversee the south of England area. I go in and out of churches, big and small. And it is not the same message that's being preached across different churches. The gospel is being watered down. And we need to know our onions, as they say in the old, I'm from Yorkshire. I don't know if it's a Yorkshire saying, but we need to know what we're talking about. What is the gospel? And I believe there are, this is in addition to the message, this is free, this bit. I think there are four fake gospels around at the moment. And I'm not going to preach on them, but let me tell you them. Liberalism that means that everybody's saved so it doesn't really matter at the end of the day we're all going to go to heaven how many funerals have you been to when that's been preached a lot oh he's in a better place how do you know then there's license which is i'm saved so i can do whatever i want and that's in jude then there's the legalistic gospel which is i've just got to keep the rules and i'll be saved that's every religion but Christianity. But it's actually within evangelical Christianity at the moment across the world in some places, if you, do, if you look carefully. And then there's a hybrid fake gospel. And this is Galatians 3.3. 3. I'm saved by grace through faith, but then I've got to keep earning my salvation by works. That is a hybrid fake gospel. There are four around. So my question to you, brothers and sisters and friends this morning, is what do you understand the gospel to be? Because it is going to be a life. In fact, what the passage we've got in Matthew 25 is about more than life and death. It's about eternal life and death, actually, if we're honest. So it's important that we know. And the gospel of Jesus actually centers around the idea of compassion, compassion, splagnizomai. Can anyone say that? Ready? One, two, three. Splagnizomai. You've learned some Greek. It means a deep longing in the spirit, a moving of the bowels. It means I'm moved so much, I've got to do something. You see, Jesus was moved so much that he did something. He left heaven and came and lived as a child, grew up and died in the place of a criminal on a cross. See, he wasn't all words, but he was word. Does that make sense? The word of God became flesh. And the true gospel makes a difference. It's not all talk. It's also action. True gospel is action. And these are the priorities of God. And a sobering thought, we've read it this morning, every one of us is going to stand before the judgment seat of God and give an account for our life. Can you imagine that? There's going to be a moment where you will stand before God and everything you've ever said, done or thought will come like a video screen. And part of that can make us, Andy, you're making me scared, you're making me fearful. I need to show you as we go on, there's no need to be afraid, according to 1 John 4, if you're hidden in the sun. But there is, if you're not, and this is not a message that we like, but there is a judgment day, there is a judgment seat. The Bible teaches there is a heaven and there is a hell. And not everybody goes to heaven. It's dependent upon if we have believed in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Pit stop. Do we believe in this church? By grace we have been saved through faith. Not of our works lest we should boast. So that no one may boast. Do we believe that here? So we believe that we are saved from hell to heaven we're given eternal life God comes and lives in us eternal life starts now if we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again Satan also believes that though doesn't he true or not true according to James Satan believes in God he just doesn't follow God He's not a disciple of God. So that's only half the story. It's huge that we are granted salvation by grace through faith alone. That's called justification by faith. We are legally and forensically made right in the sight of God by grace, that's unmerited favor, through faith alone. But that faith cannot remain alone if it's true faith. Are we in agreement? Stop me if you're not. Please. We have to be in that day. We say, Andy, I disagree with you. That's okay. We can do that. We're not a controlling organization, the church, are we? We're not. We can talk about it. Please. But the Bible says true faith does not remain alone. True faith must reach the ground. Just like a tree, is not a fruit tree without its fruit. It's got to produce something. James says, what, is, what good is it if we say, I care for you, I love you, brother, but we just do nothing about it? So I believe Jesus died on the cross, but I'm not actually going to change my life in any way. It's not going to affect what I do. It's not going to change my bank balance. It's not going to affect my work patterns. Well, that's not real faith. I need to ask you today, is your passport stamped? See, on the left-hand side there, there's something called the world passport. And back in 1952, there was a guy who set up his own passport. He he wasn't happy with going in and out of countries with passports. So he said, I'm going to build the world passport. And then I'm going to go in and out of any country, anytime I like, without asking. Like I just got my world passport. Guess how many countries he got in? Zero. Because it had no authority. And I'm asking you, you know, when you, nowadays you go into, as, uh, with, the new, with the UK passport, now you get it stamped again. It's great. I love those stamps, don't you? They're amazing. We didn't used to have them for a while. Now you get it stamped again as you just go around Europe. My question is, is your passport stamped? Is your faith genuine? And I'm going to give some real deep, really deep kind of, uh, hopefully open and honest assessment for you in a minute. Because in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. By the way, it doesn't say examine your wife or examine your mate or your brother or your sister. It says examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Can we... So the Bible, how amazing is the Bible? The Bible's telling us to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith so that when we stand before the judgment seat of God, which we've just read is going to happen, we can have confidence in the day of judgment, 1 John 4. Who wants to have confidence in that day? When they stand before God and God says, why should I let you into heaven? What are you going to say? What are you going to say, pastor? He's going to say, I'm in Jesus. It's exactly. See, when God says, why should he let you into heaven? I'm going to say you shouldn't. Because I know that I've fallen short of the glory of God. I know that I've been unkind. I know that I've been, I've broken the law of God. Measure me up against Hitler. I look all right. Measure me up against the law of God. I'm not a good man. And I need forgiveness. I need saving from my own sin, right? But I'm going to say that Jesus Christ died for me. Now, this is really, really important, guys. I want you to look at this. There are six things on the board there that do not show that you're a Christian. All with Bible texts. Visible morality, intellectual knowledge, religious involvement, amazingly active ministries of the holy spirit conviction of sin and assurance you can have all of those six and not be saved according to the bible we know you could just be visibly moral you could just be a good person for sure that doesn't make you a christian we know you could understand christianity that doesn't make you a christian you could be involved in the church and do lots of things that doesn't make you a christian i mean amazingly According to Matthew 7 21, didn't I prophesy in your name? And God says, I never knew you. You you could you could be involved in that and not be born again of the Spirit of God. Felix had a conviction, but he didn't repent. He didn't turn from his sin to God and live for God. You can have that and not be a Christian. You could have an assurance you could say oh I know I'm okay I've met people say Andy I know I'm a Christian and I say how do you know and they say well I know I just know and I say that's great how do you know because the Bible says test yourself to see if you're in the faith is this fair I I'm trying I'm trying to just because I don't want anyone to stand before the judgment seat and say nobody told me i did not know see those are not measures of the faith however these are according to the bible not according to andy hutchinson now it's not saying that you will have these all the time you'll be ups and downs there'll be times when it won't be as strong as other times a love for god if you if you don't have a love for god and it's not growing you're probably not a christian is there an ongoing repentance from sin, meaning a turning away from sin and saying, God, see, a sign of a Christian is not that you don't sin. It's that when you do, you got it. Just, yeah, so when I get something wrong, I say, God, I no. God, I'm so sorry. I don't want to do that. That's a sign of a Christian. Genuine humility And by the way, humility, you can see it in somebody who's secure. Security and humility go hand in hand. Devotion to the glory of God. Most important thing in life, a desire to pray. Christians pray. You say, I don't pray. You're not a Christian. Christians talk to God and they listen to God. According to the Bible. And an increasing separation from worldly ways. Now, not always, as I say, it's not always all in one direction. It can be a bit up and down, but generally, that's your trajectory. And here's the last lot. This is all the Bible measures of faith. Spiritual growth. Now, I don't want to be the same man next year that I am today. Right? I want to be different. I want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Obedient living, hunger for God's word, transformation of life, and inner witness of the Holy Spirit. All of those, and the other one, the last one I'll come to in a moment, are measures of the Christian. Now, here's the thing. You say, Andy, I can't keep that list. Right? Are we honest? I, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, okay. But what did we say? Didn't we say that we're saved by grace, through faith? You see, the thing is, brothers and sisters, God himself, Jesus, kept that. So when you believe Jesus died for you, he didn't just die for your sin. His life counts for you as well as his death. What a God! You see, everything Jesus was and did counts for you. It's in in your account. All of that. Now he didn't need to repent for sure. But everything else. Like he had a hunger for God's word. He he had an inner witness. He had, there was even growth there. He grew in the knowledge, didn't he? Of God and stature with men and God. So you see, when you become a Christian, there's a great exchange. All of your sin. Is on him. All of his life is on you. Amen. Hallelujah, Guilford. Because otherwise we'd be sunk. I would. So the pressure's off. And I love the praise God because that is a genuine response of a Christian. It's called relief. Oh, yes, yes. A real Christian is relieved and happy. It's like, oh God, yes. Now I can just operate in freedom and be like you. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus did this, but do you know what? Look at that last one. I got oh, I mean, when I saw this first time, I thought, oh wow, yeah. You see, that our passage this morning, the one measure that God is going to use to see if you were genuine in your faith is there underlined. Not all the others. So the one measure that's going to happen, I'm telling you what's going to happen after you die right now. The Bible says you're going to stand before God and he's going to say, verse 40, the king, he's going to say, what did you do for the least of these, my brothers? The last, the least, and the lost. The one measure that God is going to use to see if you're, you were in line with him, that your words were real, is what you did for the least of these, the marginalized, the rejected, the lost. Not out of law, oh, I better try harder. No, because we know we're forgiven. But out of obedience to God, being in line with God. Because that's what Jesus did, didn't he? He came to the last, the least, and the lost, you and me. The one measure God is going to use is how compassionate were you. See, you can say, I was a preacher, I was a pastor, I was the pope. You can say whatever you want. I could say, you know, I'm a six foot eight basketball player. I'm not, though, amazingly. You know, just by going to McDonald's, it doesn't make you a hamburger. Just by coming to church, it doesn't make you a Christian. The issue is, has your life been saved and redeemed? Do you know that hallelujah pressure's off? Yes, moment. The law's kept, God's done it for me on my behalf. Praise God, now I can operate in freedom. And I can obey. Let me tell you something, friends. If you're a Christian, you are free, but you're not free to sin. Romans 6, 6, by no means. You're free to obey. Can you get your head around that? You're free to obey. And God says, now go and love the lost, the least, and the lonely, and the last. Go and find the neighbor who nobody speaks to and make her a blueberry pie. Go and seek out that child in college or that young person in college who everyone rejects. Go and find them in Kenya. Go and find the children and sponsor them, but don't just give them money, disciple them. Come on, let's have some splagnitsamai. Why don't we splagnitsamai Kenya? Why don't we splagnits my Guilford? Why don't do you do this? Just splag, Can we create a verb out of that? Probably not. Splagnizomai, your workplace and your family who are not Christian, who think you're nuts. Anyone got that? I have. Just two of us then. People who think in my family I've lost the plot for 30 years I've lost, lost the plot when well, I'm glad I lost it. I'm glad I lost it because I've lived my life trying to just enjoy keeping up with not the Joneses, but with God. And I love him so much and I know I'm forgiven and I know I'm going to glory because it's based on his work counting for me and he has put in me a heart for the last, the least and the lost, right? And when I stand before him, he's going to say, Andy, well done, my good and faithful servant, because you did clothe the naked you did visit them. You did do something. You did something. You didn't just say, oh yeah, I've been to church. That's great. But now let's go on mission and make a difference. You are being called to make a difference. right? Yeah? God sent his son, now he's sending his family. That's you and me. Plan A. There's no plan B. It's the gospel. That's it. Isn't it it exciting to go out there? And by the way, I haven't got time to open all of this up. But isn't it amazing that he says, the least of these, my brothers? Now, that's a bit of technical detail. If you kind of want to have a look at that, uh, you're welcome to. But I understand that the great theologians say, what he's saying there is, as you love the least of these Christians, that's interesting. What are we saying there? Are we saying that we shouldn't love the poor who are not Christian? No, because Galatians 6.10 says, as you have opportunity, do good to everybody, especially those of the household of faith. So do good to everybody, but especially to those of the household of faith. Why? Why is that? Because as we love each other in Jesus' name, like the children who are marginalized, if you like, being drawn into the church through compassion or something else, then the world will look to us and say, look how they love each other. Do you see that? It's evangelistic. So the world doesn't want to come from another broken home into a broken home. It wants to come into a home where there's great love does that make sense as we love each other in Jesus name it's a sign to the world I want to be part of that I want to be in so whatever you did for the least of these my brothers you did for me now I told you it's going to be a little bit out there take it up with God if you've got any questions ask the pastor (laughs) because I'm going to be long gone But I hope that you've had a little sense there of how amazing the gospel is, but also the level that God is calling us to. One of freedom and joy and obedience, because God changes lives. But only through the true gospel, not the fake gospels. Only through the gospel that we see in the Bible and the Jesus of Nazareth and not the other Jesuses that will come and are here. So I'm going to finish with a little video just showing how God changes lives through the gospel, if it works. it amazing. It's not keen, is it?
1: We're here today, and we are going to ask you to write
0: one last letter to your on all those years ago, just, just catch them up on who you work for today.
2: you know, I'm really glad the steps video worked. <laughs> no, I am, because actually that is amazing, isn't it? Genuinely sat there saying, God, that's good. Yeah, but this doesn't look like it is going to. These are people who have come through the program um, and, and how their lives have been changed by the gospel and by your love. And it is profoundly moving, and it might be one time you can, you can see it. Shall we give it one go? All right, don't worry. That's okay. You can play it another time. Thank you so much for trying. I appreciate it very much. So I've got a little stand at the back there. Really appreciate if you could say, extend your heart and say, I'd love to disciple in Jesus' name. Um, come and talk to me. Maybe extend your family or uh, maybe support with the, um, my marathon run. That would be amazing. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. God bless you.
1: um thank you so much Andy I told you you sit with him for a few minutes and it's challenging isn't it challenging and um and uh, it's one of those where often you know when when you hear a challenging message I always want to encourage people to don't you know Jesus says if you hear my words but then you walk away it's like looking in the mirror and forgetting what you what you look like actually we're called to hear God's word aren't we and to and to meditate on it, to chew it over, to think it through. And I'll, it's one of those where I would want to encourage each of us to perhaps even listen, listen again, to listen back, to, to delve into Scripture, to seek God. Um, because he, he has called us to all of this, hasn't he? And as a church, we have three key things that we want to see God do in us and through us. It's building family, sharing Jesus, and helping others. And that all came through, didn't it? Love the Lord your God for your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's building family, it's discipleship, it's, it's growing, it's helping others to grow, it's sharing Jesus, it's telling others about him. It's, that's the great commission it's going to go into all the world to tell all of the good news of Jesus, to grow, make disciples. And then it's helping others. It is part of the gospel, it's part of our DNA, it's part of who we are. That because of everything that God has done in our life, that we'd want to reach out and do unto others, to help others. And uh, so now what I'd like to do is just to stand and to respond to all that we've heard. It might be today that you, you know, when Andy was asking that question, do you know, if you're a Christian, you'll say, I don't know. You can make a decision today. You can commit your life to Jesus. You can invite him into your life. You can say in your heart, Jesus, I believe. I, I, I admit that I have sinned. I admit that I've fallen short of, of your standards. I believe that Jesus paid the price for my sin. And that in him, I can know life, eternal life. And I commit my life to him you can pray that today and it might be that you need to do that you can take some time to do that it might be that you you know you've, you've you know you're in Jesus you know you love him you know that you're in him you know you're forgiven by grace you know that your sins have been separated from you as far as east is from west and now our response is well God what would you have me now do here I am send me So why don't we take a moment to pray, then we'll worship, and and then we'll prepare to finish up our meeting. Father, we just invite you into our hearts again, and into our lives again. And uh, Lord, we, we love you. We love you, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for all that we've heard this morning. And I pray, I pray, Lord God, would you help us to be wise people who hear your words and put it into action. Help us, Lord God. Help us. Lord, sometimes we don't know how to pray. So, Lord, we pray, help us to pray. Help us to dwell on you, help us to meditate help us Lord God to step into all the things that you've called us to and Lord we, we admit we, we look at the list and we, we can't <laughs> it can be daunting and yet we're great, so grateful King Jesus that you have made a way that you, you did, you've done it all you said it is finished and now in you we can walk in freedom into all that you call us to We can walk in freedom into adventure with you. Help us, Lord God, to look on in faith for the adventure ahead that you've called us to. Give us faith, Lord, I pray. I pray, give us faith around this room. Faith to cross the office floor, faith to cross our street, faith sometimes just across the room to talk to that family member, faith to care, faith to share. Faith to love, faith to give, faith to serve. Courage and boldness to do it all to. Not out of our own strength, but out of all that we receive from you. Out of all that you've done in our lives. And we lift up our, our lives to you, our hearts to you. and we say, have your way amongst us. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. We meet on Sundays at 10am at the Royal Grammar School in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.